every man does have a monster within. Yeah. Wow. Every man does have two wolves. And, wow. and that choice is always present. Which wolf do you feed? Hmm. One makes you strong. One makes you weak. You choose. If I could give you one message that could dramatically shift the direction of your life, I would tell you to visualize a world in which there was no judgment for the decisions you've made in the past, in which you weren't paralyzed by fear and you could make decisions that were in alignment with the life you desire to live. One in which you could speak only the truth of what exists on your heart. I would tell you to look at the life you're living now and reflect deeply on what you really wish could change. And then have you look down at the life you just created and the life you're living now. And I'd get real close and I'd look you in the eye. That type of look that says, this is too important to let pass. Your life is too important to let pass. And I'd lean in and with your full attention on me, and those two life paths, I'd say, you choose. Welcome to the You Choose podcast. I'm your host, Billy Garson Jr. I'm a former division one and professional athlete turned men's mental health advocate. I'm a transformation coach, public speaker, and I'm the proud founder of the You Choose movement, which exists to equip young men with the tools and techniques to choose a life that is in alignment with their highest self. It is my greatest honor and privilege to be with you today. The young man who is in a period of great transition in his life, who's asking questions and seeking answers. And on this podcast, through a series of interviews with professional athletes, men's coaches, and self-help gurus, we aim to educate, equip, and inspire you to bridge the gap between where you are and where you aspire to be. So listen deeply and find yourself in the stories of those who've sat in your shoes and now walk in the areas in which you wish to walk. There is nothing with which every man is so afraid as getting to know how enormously much he is capable of doing and becoming. On this podcast, we choose courage over fear with faith that we will discover what is truly possible. Our guest today is the co-founder, director of operations, and the voice of Sacred Sons, which is a powerful movement in which brothers, fathers, husbands, and uncles gather to grow and awaken to our true power through circles, workshops, retreats, and online courses. Sacred Sons is designed to guide men to their growth edges so that we have the ability and opportunity to learn from ourselves, our power, our purpose, our responsibility, and our creativity. And as always, that's just the movement. But let's talk about our guest. Our guest today is so much more than just a founder and a visionary. For 12 years, he served as a mechanical engineer in the environmental water quality industry, heading product development for a patented instrument that monitored the effects of climate change on ocean currents. He was the vocalist for progressive hardcore band 12 Tribes, where he spent seven years touring North America and Europe. But let's talk about the man behind his achievements. Adam Jackson is a father, a son, a husband, a brother, and a friend. Born to a black father and a white mother, he grew up in Dayton, Ohio, and attended Catholic school. And since fatherhood, 
Adam has set on a heart-opening journey of conscious parenting and commitment to living one's truth. He is devoted to continual inner exploration and has the intuitive ability to connect others to their path and purpose. Adam has found a lifelong calling in healing relationships between men and therefore their relationships with their partners, children, and families. And today, we're going to discover the journey of the heart-centered leader beyond his towering stature and his long dreads. And we're going to dive deep into the world of connection, purpose, and living out your truth. So without further ado, Adam, welcome to the show. It's an honor to have you here. Billy, let's go. Thank you so much, brother, (laughs) for that intro. It is an absolute honor and a pleasure to be here. And I want to say, you know, thank you, man. Thank you for calling this in. And thank you for the work that you are doing with these young men, uh, helping them to initiate into their lives um, from the from the place that they are. It's a very sensitive and malleable time uh, from boyhood to manhood. And we need all the help we can get as men on this planet. I'm here. Beautiful. And I'm here as well. And so here we go. Adam, I so often start these interviews by exploring the journey of the man that I'm interviewing. However, something hit me today and I want to dive straight into a question that is so broad, yet with it comes a world of curiosity. And it's a question that so many of us are asking. What's missing right now in the lives of young men? You know, the truth of it is that nothing's missing. And the the question that you're asking, there's a reframe. And the reframe is what's in the way. Hmm. Because when we come into this life, we're fully equipped. We have our soul's mission. You know, we we come into these into these lives, into these bodies, um, into the family structures that we come into, that we're born into, fully equipped. We have everything we need. And we forget. Things get in the way. Things get in the way of our growth. Things get in the way of our of our poetry, of our of our artwork, of our athleticism. And so, so what I would say is what's in the way is suppression. What's in the way is suppressing the emotions that we feel, suppressing the beauty that we see in life. You know, a lot for a lot of us as as young men, especially, you know, we we're encouraged to put on these tough facades, you know, to wear masks that that show that we're that we're more than, that we're a man, that we can handle it, right? You know, that's a, that's a part of the journey of what it is to be a man. So yeah. it's not what's missing. It's what's in the way of the authenticity that already exists within your heart and soul. So take that in. Yeah. That's, that, that's the reframe. Nothing's missing from you, man. Like nothing's missing from, from those brothers who are out there searching. What they're searching for is, is there. And it exists at that level. And there are ways to remove the blockages the suppressed emotion, releasing the, yeah. the stories that we're telling ourselves about ourselves, right? Mm. That's what's in the way. Mm. That's what's in the way of true authenticity and from really reaching the, the highest potential of ourselves in this lifetime. Wow. Wow. Nothing's in the way. <laughs> nothing's in the way. I suppose what I would ask nothing, you- is, nothing, Nothing's missing. Nothing's nothing missing. missing. Yeah. You know and what I'm saying? I know that. I know that. And what I would suppose I'd want to ask you in this moment, Adam, is in relation to everything that you just shared there, we can address the gap, right? The gap between where men are and where they aspire to be. 
But as I've come to learn, awareness is the first step to change. And so what I'd love to ask you is what is causing the suppression? <sighs> you know, lack of relationship, like a lack of real relationship uh, with men and with mentorship. You know, if we're, speak, if we're speaking around the realm that I work in, which is men's work, masculine alchemy, uh, you know, brotherhood. We find it in our youth through sports teams, uh, largely in competitive ways. Yeah. You know, we can all rally around a goal and, and find a sense of unity. Hmm. But what happens is as we move through life, as we no longer play for those sports teams or rally around our high schools or colleges or universities, it's like, what are we rooting for? Yeah. What are we rooted in? What is the foundation of our lives? Okay, so, so what I wanted to say here is that, you know, and, and this is going with your first as well like what's missing what's you know what's in the way there's there's a massive shift that we can make as men when we come into connection into confrontation the confrontation with ourselves the confrontation with those shadow aspects of ourselves that mm -hmm. like you're saying we shine the light of awareness on so awareness is our first step right yeah. awareness is not necessarily the thing that frees us from the imprisonment that we place on ourselves yeah once we have that awareness, what are we going to do with it? Who are we going to share it with? Mm -hmm. Is there a safe space for me to express everything and anything that it feels real to me in this moment? Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's the part culturally that Sacred Sons is um, stewarding. You know, we're wow. stewarding back in healthy, honest, masculine relations. Mm -hmm. That's scary. It is. It's scary. For a man to step in an environment with other men, it's intimidating. It is. It's so <laughs> deeply intimidating. And especially I speak for myself and I speak on behalf of, of young men here. That's one of the most intimidating things you can do is to step in front of other men and be as radically honest as it seems as though you guys get in these environments. We do. We go all the way. We go all the it's way. The deepest, it's the deepest of the deep, Billy. And I'm saying that as someone who is, who is a seeker, you know, like I've, I've traveled the world. I've, I'm a girl of experience at my core. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I am about this human experience. I'm about self discovery, self knowledge, the relationship to self and yeah. the relationship to other. And all throughout history, you know, men have gathered, men have gathered to hunt, men have gathered to celebrate, mm. uh, to sharpen each other. Right. Yeah. And so what we find is once we move through that anxiety and we, we arrive and we're standing in our circle, we've crossed the threshold to actually being in one of these spaces. It's the most natural, um, safe, recognizable home feeling we can have to, to be amongst our brothers and to be able to speak freely. What a concept. What a concept, because I can tell you what's happening out here. It's a lot of people lying to themselves and each other. That's become the standard. So when you come into a space, and like I say this all the time, of radical authenticity, of integrity, of respect for one another, of unity, of real unity, of real diversity, we could talk about what that looks like. When we step into that space, what we actually find out is like, this is the freest I've ever felt. You know, celebration is one of our core tenets too. So as, as intimidating as that confrontation of crossing the threshold can be, there's also a waiting on the other side. And I suppose 
when we talk about the concept of lying, lying, I've seen it go hand in hand with young men, especially feeling so radically misunderstood, misunderstood. And I can only speak from my truth here. And I've shared this before on the podcast, but I'm going to share it again with you because I think it sparks for a powerful conversation in that when I was in college, I was a high level athlete. I was a division one soccer player. And from the outside looking in, I had everything. Mm-hmm. I had a girlfriend, I had my teammates, I had my coaching staff, I had friends. I was very fortunate that being an English kid in the US, I, it came easy for me to make you're a little better. You're a little better at footy than some of the American <laughs> kids. <laughs> also, I thought, also, I thought. Um, but internally, I was so alone. Mm. I was so alone. And with that, loneliness. I know it as a loneliness, a loneliness now, but at the time for me, it was loneliness. And with that loneliness came blame. It's his fault. It's her fault. It's their fault. And with that loneliness and blame came lies, Mm. came lies. And underneath that lying was a scared little boy that was so deeply afraid to be seen, to be seen and to let onto the fact that my entire life my sense of belonging could come in my ability as an athlete, not in my ability or worth as a man. Right. And I want to pose this question to you because as I said to you before, the scariest thing to do is to step into this environment. And I look at now having done a little bit of the work and I'm like, I crave that. (laughs) But me in college would never have known that I needed that. So what is that gap? How do you bring people to the awareness of where they are feeling radically misunderstood into the knowing that brotherhood is what they need? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting gap to, to navigate. And so what I want to say here is sometimes we embrace the lie or the mask that we wear so much because we want it to be true so badly. Mm-hmm. I want, we, we want our loved ones to see that we're happy. We want our partner, our romantic partner, whoever that is, um, to see us shining. And when we, when we don't feel that, it can create shame. It can create fear and guilt. So, 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 so many of us continue to uphold the mask because we feel like we're alone in it, in that, that sense of aloneness that you felt. But the truth is, once you get vulnerable, once you get honest with yourself, once you share it in the space and you just say, hey, man, I got all this, I got all this stuff going for me and I still feel alone. And you look at into other men's eyes and we'll just ask them, how many, how many of my brothers here feel alone? You see hands go up. And in that moment you go, oh, so I'm not alone in this feeling. I'm not alone in, in, the, in these thoughts that I'm having in the disconnection from my head space to my heart space. I know in my heart who I want to be, who I, who I long to be, but you know, my, my head is what's in the way. My head's preventing so that's the, that's the journey, right? So I want to bring it back to this. Let's say there's a, a brother who's in college and he may yeah. look at this and go, what is, what is that? I don't need that. I don't need that. You know what it's actually going to take, Billy? And I'm only being honest with you because I've seen it time and time again. It's going to take that brother hitting rock bottom. Mm-hmm. You can only wear that mask until it weighs you all the way down, until you're going through divorce, until you're going through uh, the loss of being with your children every day, until you're going through alcoholism, until you're going through drug addiction, until you're going through the things that that life has to offer you. And I'm telling you, 
and I'm telling the young men who may or you know who may be listening, who may be wanting some level of inspiration in this way, the sooner you stop lying, truly, the sooner you stop lying to yourself, mm. that's when the suffering stops. Mm. And it's hard. It's hard. And it's hard because like, again, guys in college, listen, you're, you're striving for a degree. You're learning new things every day. Maybe you are, uh, you know, trying to attract a partner. And so there, there is some sort of sense of, I got to put on a show here to achieve that. And, and what, what it's, what it's, I'll tell you what it's not about. It's not about performing. It's about participating. It's not about trying to put on something to be someone. It's about participating in your own life. So you are that person so that you know who you are at your core. And so that you are so comfortable with who you are that any space, any room you show up in, you can be fully you. And that's, that's the flip. It's like, oh, you want to pretend to be somebody or you actually want to be it. Mm-hmm. That's the gap. That's the span. And, and for a lot of my brothers, we have, we've been missing initiation in our culture, truly. If you look around to uh, cultures throughout history, around the world, uh, men have been initiated through rites of passage at very critical times. You know, there's one that happens right around 12, 13, 14. There's another one that happens right around 18, 19, 20. I'll just say it like that. Yeah. And so when we're not initiated, we begin to self-initiate. We let the, the dominant culture initiate us and we start to go, oh, I got to be like the guy in the video with all the girls and I got to treat people like shit and I got to lie to get, to get ahead. But this is, this is the old way. And what we're doing now is creating a new way forward because we know that we know what that old way gets us. And Billy, sometimes that, sometimes that looks like uh, suicide. Sometimes that looks like attempted suicide. Sometimes that looks like such dark, I don't want to curse on your show. Sometimes you it looks like such dark. Whatever you feel like, go for it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it looks like such dark shit that we're so afraid to, to even meet it. And that's what Sacred Sons does. It provides us a space to get very real, to get real with that darkness. And I'm telling you, brothers, you can, you can stuff it down all you want. At some point, it's going to need to be faced. It's going to need to be shifted. It's going to need to be loved. And that's what the brotherhood provides. Wow. You know, so many of us want to be honest. So many of the guys listening right now, we want to be honest. We want to deep down be that man that you described that is on the other side of the gap between the guy who is masking. Yeah. And fear seems to be the consistent theme in what is standing in the way. And like you shared there, the most fascinating thing to me at the moment that I'm, the reason I'm in Dallas is I'm actually working to set up a men's group here at, at, a, at TCU. And awesome. what's crazy when you look at the stats for young men, right? Women on paper struggle with mental health issues at a greater level than men. Yet the suicide rate in men in college is four to six times higher than that of women. So it's almost going from, and I can relate to this from my own journey, it's going from, I don't have a clue what is going on here in my head to, this is so overwhelming and I'm so afraid to tell anyone that I would rather not be here. Exactly. So fear. Yeah. Fear. How have we gotten so afraid that we would rather take our own life than acknowledge our truth? 
Yeah, it's because we've been hurt. You know, we're afraid to be hurt. We're afraid to hurt others. Uh, we're afraid to fuck up. But I'm here to tell you, just because you're fucking up doesn't mean you're out. Doesn't mean you're out of the game of life. It's actually an invitation. It's actually an opportunity. Mm-hmm. An opportunity to say, hey, this is not me, you know? And so I, one of the things I really want to preface here, especially for the young men, is that, you know, the people that you work with, the people that you go to school with, they may not be the ones that understand. <clears throat> your mom, your, your sisters, your, your girlfriend. Sometimes we don't want to put these things on these people, on these beloveds in our life. And this is why it's important that we find brotherhood, that we find male friends um, that we can lean on. Uh, and that's because we can handle it. It's because we can hold it. It's because we can relate to it. But there has to be a certain level of consciousness for someone to hold that space. Because what happens is for a lot of young men, the moment you get vulnerable, what's your homies going to do? Laugh at you, make a joke about what you said. You know, like, let's say you got, you got cheated on by your girl. You're, you're really going through it. You're really depressed. You're not going to tell your, your bros, Hey, my girl cheated on me. Cause you know, you're afraid of that, that hurt becoming so much deeper. Yeah. And so I guess here we, we just have to acknowledge that like, you know, for, for each of us, we've all been through something. We've all gone through something um, that we can relate to. And it's, it's really up to us to start to become, you know, space holders within our own lives. Because I agree with you, like in the, in the, the numbers are going up. The statistics are going up of, of young men, uh, young male suicide. It's, a, it's, a, it's an incredibly stressful time we live in. It's an incredibly like anxious time. And, and then it doesn't even help the fact that people are constantly talking about it. So it's keeping us stuck up here. Yeah. Um, so instead of, instead of kind of like looking to, you know, the, the loved ones close to you to, to dump this on and to reveal yourself to, sometimes it's helpful to come into a group, to come in through an, a ceremony, an initiation. And this is why you know, ritual and ceremony are such a big part of what Sacred Sons does because we're setting a space that can actually hold this, that can actually hold all the hurt, that can actually hold all the pain. And it's necessary. Uh, We've lost it as a culture. We've lost that sense of trust between men as brothers. And we're here to bring that back. Can that be found outside of these sacred spaces? I mean, ultimately, the the best space to find that is within yourself. Mm. Okay. And that's, Mm-hmm. May, may sound like counter to what I'm proposing because I, you know, there's a, there's a quote by my brother, Michael Gay, that I really love, uh, which is, we are formed in relationship, we are wounded in relationship, and we heal in relationship, right? And so that's why, we, that's why we're doing it in, in a space of relation so that we can actually hold it together so we can be seen in it. Uh, there's something also to the collective witness of something a brother is going through that can really help to transmute it so we can come out of the depression or the state that we're in. But can it be found outside of, of those spaces? I don't think our culture is quite there. I really don't. Um, I believe it's imperative that everyone, men, women, find spaces where they do feel like they can be honest and be themselves. That's, that's the goal here. You know, so it doesn't have to be a sacred sun space, of course. I'm like full on, you know, all of the brothers in the community, providing work, providing these type of safe space um, because it's needed in this time. Yeah. And I think eventually 
uh, when we when we elevate the consciousness enough, you know, maybe that'll be more normalized uh, mm-hmm. within our culture. But at, at the time right now, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And until it is, these spaces, this work, these communities, these rituals are so needed right now. And because we keep talking about the gap and I'm going to continue to enforce the gap. Okay. And the reason I'm going to continue to enforce it is because I needed to hear this 50 million times over before I took a leap. No doubt. And, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's actually not even hearing it. That's going to relate. You have to experience it. Mm. You either have to experience your own depression, your own rock bottom, dark mm. night of the soul, whatever it is. Mm. No one can tell you. Mm. And that's, that's just the truth of it. And what I find time and time again, as men come in and I ask them, why are you here? You know, I want to work on myself. I want to be my higher self. Cool. Why are you really, why are you really here though? It's like, well, um, you know, I'm through it in my marriage. My wife is looking for a Great. Why are you really here? Because I want to save my marriage. Okay. Okay. This is why you're here. This is the work that we're doing now. You know, like we have to, we have to peel back these layers of resistance that we have to even to be able to receive a little bit of acknowledgement, help, um, healing, whatever it is, whatever it looks like. And so going to the gap, I I just want to say this in a, in a really positive way. One of my missions within sacred sons is to make this work cool. I want to make this accessible. I want to make brotherhood uh, and allow space for men to come together and celebrate, uh, not only to be, you know, like not to be hidden behind closed doors like private therapy, which can have benefits, but I want to, I want to amplify it. I want to put it on a pedestal because that's what needs to be shown. And so right now, what's happening with the culture we're creating, we're doing things like ritual combat alongside of some of the emotional processing, alongside of ritual connection. We're doing, we're, you know, we're fire, we're spinning fire, we're shooting bow and arrows, we're throwing axes, we're, we're doing things that light us up as well. And so that's the invitation for those men who may not have hit that, that place, right? Mm. Who, who are spanning the gap. Mm. It's like, hey man, in, in this way, if you don't want to wait until you've lost everything, like we're, we're inviting you in now. Because it's always a choice, you know, we always have a choice. And so like, that's what the... That's what the intention is. And that's why we're, we're broadcasting, um, you know, the photos, the, the, the context, the yeah. stories of men who are experiencing these, these things, because it's important that men hear those. They can begin to see that they are not alone. I'm going to latch onto something you said that was so powerful there. Why are you here? And it goes from yes. the broad spectrum, even just to the guys listening to this right now, to why I'm here to why you're here. There's a reason innately that all of us are here. Innately. There's a reason why we're here. And there is also a reason why we're professing to others, to the world, and maybe to me and to you in this moment, why each of us are here. And that, again, is the gap. So if you're listening to this right now, I'm going to take a sidetrack and I'm going to ask you to reflect why are you listening to this? Why have you shown up to listen to this podcast between two men discussing masculinity, discussing finding your truth, discussing 
living a life more authentically? Why are you really here? And think about that. Because you could get to the end of this episode, go on with your day, go and reflect on the moments in your life, and you could make no changes. Or you could get radically honest with yourself in this moment as to why you're here. And, and, so and I can, I can, oh, go, go ahead. I just, I want to expand right here for those, for, for those who are contemplating that question. Please do. You're here because you know that there is more. You're here because you know that there's more to you. You're here because you know that you are more. And what that means is, you know, you wake up and maybe you're going through a period of life of routine or, you know, you have an immediate goal in front of you, but there's a, there's a spiritual urge, right? And I'm saying spiritual in the sense that like, there's a guiding force that is, that there is more to this life for you. Mm -hmm. And so in order to access that more, you know, we're listening to these podcasts, we're, we're engaging in conversation, we're showing up in these spaces to stretch ourselves so that we can be met at the edges of our human experience, Yeah. so that we can expand into that more of who we are. And I'm telling you this from my own life experience, you know, I had, I had once previously been on a path of like, cool, I got the money, I've got a family, I'm, I'm holding it together. I still had a, I still had an inkling that there's, that there's more you know, to be yeah. discovered, to be unearthed. So, yeah. you know, that's a part of it. So what is your more? What, is, what are you striving towards? Mm. And so mm. it's a beautiful question to ponder. And, yeah. I, and, and I just want to say, my answer to that question will be different on a different day. It'll be different depending on what I'm going through at the time. And what would you say it is right now for you? Say I'm here to love and to be loved. Um, I'm here to, um, to raise my children, mm. like, you know, in, in a way and with intention, um, help missing from my own experience. I'm here to, um, be a part of this consciousness shift that's happening at this time. And for those who know, who can feel it, who are a part of uh, what's happening, you know, I believe my soul you know, that I chose to be here at this time specifically. This is a very critical time that we're in. Yeah. And there's something happening uh, to all the souls that are coming into this lifetime where we're, we're being tested and challenged, yes, but we're also upgrading. We're also expanding mm -hmm. into the human experience of what it means to be alive, what it means to be a human. Mm -hmm. And I want that for everyone. I want, I want for more and more of my brothers to find their purpose in this life, <laughs> to find their why. Mm -hmm. You know, it is, it's not always about like, how's that going to happen? How's it going to look? It's like, let's just, let's just narrow in on that why. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So my why is, is to share love in this moment. Mm. Another fascinating concept that I've found myself in and navigating as I've began to do this work and as I've been doing this work now for the past couple of years is I went through a phase that I feel I may be just starting to come out of, which is seeing this work as all negative. Like okay. there has to be something wrong. So we must find something wrong in order to fix it. And what I'm noticing a lot of in you is like, it doesn't have to always be so dampening. It doesn't have to always be like shit's hit the fan for you to know that 
you want to find your purpose and that you want to navigate this path. And this doesn't always have to be something so profound that is getting in the way of that. And I love that shift because like you said, it, it makes it attractive. Yeah. It makes this work attractive. Yeah. And it's, it's work, but it's good work. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. Um, it's not the kind of work that takes your life force energy away. It's the kind of work that adds to your life force energy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from here, I, I guess I, what I want to say, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned we have ritual combat. <clears throat> this is a part of the initiation that we have. It's important for as men that we get out of our heads as much as possible, get back into our bodies. You're a former athlete. So you may know when you're, when you're in your body, when you feel um, that sense of aliveness within with whatever you're doing, that's like, that's when we're closer to the truth of who we are. So we do something called ritual combat. We're inviting men uh, into a space of combat to be met. And I'll just say it like this. Sometimes it looks like wrestling. Sometimes it looks like boxing or striking. Sometimes we have some brothers who do jujitsu and they roll um, in front of the group. And I've seen so many men in two minutes and 120 seconds putting on the gloves and facing each other. I've seen so many shifts happen. Just, all it took is 120 seconds of a man facing his ultimate fear, which is being met by another and potentially being knocked out in front of everyone. Let's say that's the, that's a real possibility in that moment. It's intimidating. It's, it's a stretch for most, for many, but what happens is when that 120 seconds is up, that brother emerges feeling more alive and more in his body and out of his head than he has felt in the last X amount of years. He's reconnected now. He's, he's feeling that sense of meeting the fear, pushing through it and being celebrated on the other side. And that's the, that's the initiation. That's the part where, you know, in the square world out, out here, how are we going to be met? How are we going to push those edges? Um, we can't do it in a safe way. And yes, go to your jujitsu gyms. Yes, pick up a martial art or a sport. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, these are ways that as men, we can engage and, and, and access some of that. But again, there's more. There's more ceremony and ritual involved with it that can really catalyze um, the, the purpose within us. It's an interesting thing that happens. And I could share more about that. But Yeah. We're in a powerful moment right now. Um, and I want to address this because... Men can't just in their everyday lives. And I love that, that when we bring people in the men in the circle, we, we create these environments where men can face each other and we have the opportunity to face each other in our everyday lives for us to go around and say, Hey, you know, let's just wrestle right now, or let's just have a fight right now is not as possible for men. Right? So I suppose what I would want to ask is. What is the most tangible thing a man can do right now to overcome that fear? Breathe, period. Take a deep breath. This is the thing that everybody on this planet can do to, to begin to regulate uh, their, their breath and their nervous system and their body. But I want to go back to what you said because you're, you're saying like, well, guys can't go out on the street and get it in the same way. Well, they, they do, they can, and they are, and they're fighting and they're finding that it's just another expression of suppressed emotion. What happens when you engage 
in these practices without the suppression, where you can be fully free of the shame because you're letting go of those stories. You're acknowledging what you've done, what you've been through, who you are. And now you get to be met. Um, you know, a lot of, for a lot of us, these things, they come out sideways. They come out in unhealthy ways. Hmm. You, is, that, is this making sense? You know, that I've energy- I lived it. I lived it. So the I, energy I, it gets, does. it gets so built up within us that we're, we don't, we literally don't know. We're so confused in that moment that it comes out in anger, in verbal abuse, in physical abuse, in harm, in self-abuse, okay? It, 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 it's all one thing. In alcohol any, abuse, in hurting, drug abuse. In any, in any time we're, we're like hurting someone else, we're, we're ultimately hurting ourselves. I think that people are starting to, to understand this concept. And so like, it's really important that we get met in these healthy ways. In, in you know, I'm calling them safe spaces, but in ritual spaces, spaces, um, that allow us to fully go there, okay? And so what kind of things, what kind of practices? Breath work, just breathe, man, just breathe. When, when you feel those emotions coming up, your hands are sweaty, you know, the, the confusion, the anxiety is coming up, breathe. <sighs> you have to be reminded of this. We have to be reminded that those, those waves are gonna come. We're never gonna get out of this life, Billy, without a fight, okay? The waves are coming, the challenges are coming, so we have to breathe into those. Once we breathe, once we're in connection with the breath, we got to move, mm. got to move our bodies, got to move our bodies. So breath and movement, you have to move that energy that's coming through the confusion that's coming through the storms, move it through your body, whatever way feels good. If you got a kettlebell, pick yeah. it up. If you got dumbbells, pick them up. If you need to do jumping jacks and I'll throw another one in there. If you need to scream into a pillow, brothers, <sighs> scream into a, if you got to scream into a pillow, so you're not, so you're not screaming at someone you love. Pick up that pillow, create that safety for yourself and start fucking screaming in it. You know, you need to punch something, get a punching bag, put it in the garage and let it go. Find the ways to, to kind of release that, that pressure valve. And we all have it. So there's no shame in that. We all, we all get built up. We all, we all have, um, everybody's plate is full. I'll say it like this. You ever check in with people and they're just expressing how busy they are? Well, guess what? Everybody's busy now. Everybody's got a full plate everybody's at their edge. It's a, it's, it's actually, it's a requirement now that we understand some of the ways that we can start to, to regulate it. Okay. So your breath, your movement, the next is going to be like physical contact, Yeah. you know, and that can look a lot of different ways. Do you need a hug? Do you need a hug? Do you need to give someone a hug? Do you need resistance? Do you need to yeah. have somebody hold some pads for you while you, while you unload? You yeah. know, this is, this is coming into physical contact. Yeah. So we have breath, movement, contact, and then rest. You know, I would just say it like that. You know, we have to rest. Yeah. We have to like give our space, a, a meditate, give ourselves a meditative time, a space that we can unplug, put the fucking phone down, stop with the bullshit scrolling mindlessness and rest, allow yeah. our system, allow our system to like, just do its thing and bring us back. So, I mean, that's what someone can do in their own space right here, right now. I love you know, that. And, and I, and I, I just want to emphasize if it's, if it had already been that human beings, we all go through things truly. Hmm. We all, all do. And so the, the important piece of, relationship with ourselves is understanding our own triggers. 
you know, our understanding the things that put us in those places where we may act out. Hmm. So as much as it's, it's, dope to download knowledge about all of these things, you know, history, technology, science, engineering. I'm an engineer, as you pointed out. Yeah. Um, or, you know, playing guitar, whatever it is, as much, as much as it's important to learn those type of skills, it's really important that we learn the skills of self-regulation. Hmm. And I think so often we think that we are weird, that we are not accepted, that we are incapable. And I don't think it's the thing that we aren't doing, but it's the relationship that we have with doing these things that causes us to either beat ourselves up or to suppress them altogether. And the amount of conversations I've had with men, I've done it many a time myself as well. You mentioned an example there, grabbing a pillow and screaming into a pillow, Mm -hmm. how good that feels after to release I have not found a better way to release on my own than that, than that. Yet, I used to do the exact same thing, but would beat myself up for doing it because I wouldn't scream loud enough in case somebody in the next room heard. And I would then judge myself picturing the scenario as if somebody had just seen me do that. What is he doing? What a freak. What a weirdo. And then in turn, I become the man against myself. Exactly. And so I can't, I'm judging myself. And then I'm not even able to release in my own company because I'm against me now. Totally, man. And we, listen, I'll tell you, and you may know this from having a podcast. I also host the Sacred Sons podcast. Sometimes I'll, I'll beat up on myself like, oh, I should have said this. I should have done that. (laughs) Or I'll, I'll I'll make up a story in my mind of how it should have gone. Mm. And then I'll listen to the finished episode. Like, oh man, that was like a really great conversation. Why was I in my head about it? Why was and it's and I'll tell you why. It's because we are judging ourselves. This is this is a a modern plight, and you know maybe maybe this has existed for a long time. But in a lot of the experiences with the men that I'm working with, they are they're they're literally judging themselves and then projecting that everyone else is judging that same inner dialogue that they have. The only way to get through that is by sharing your story. You cannot shed that story until you share it. It it must come out. It must be witnessed. It must be, um, you know, expelled. Mm. Otherwise you'll just get into this, uh, this cycle and, you know, pattern of, of self-sabotage and judgment. And, it takes and on like a whole that new simple meaning. act, that simple thing that you're just trying to move some emotion and scream into a pillow, causing you more anxiety. We got to let go of that. Mm. And if, if so, you know, the thing for you there is like, if, if being in your room isn't good, get in your car in the garage or whatever it is, you know, like go find that place. That's okay. And, and you know, I just want to say here, there's, there's, there's a, there's, ma- there's many ways to get to the same place. You know, some of our brothers are doing ice baths in the morning. So instead of screaming, they're doing the opposite. They're putting their body through a very intense, bold exposure, with many health benefits, but, but doing that in order to center, in order to focus, in order to harness that life force energy so that we can harness it. You know, that's that in that holding and in that experience of sitting in the, the ice bath, it's like what we're, what we're really doing is, uh, displaying, sharpening 
and yeah. practicing our ability to to hold. Yeah. You know, for so so when life's challenges come, even there, you can breathe out here in the real world easily. Mm. You understand what I'm 100%. saying? We we have to put ourselves in in situations to test us so that we can really show up embodied. One hundred percent. And there's so many men that are in that gap right now. Myself was yes. being in that gap for a long, long time. And the gap is we are moving away from the people to find our people. And to find our people, obviously the the healthiest option that we've brought up here is brotherhood and consistent brotherhood. But to hone everything in that we've just shared, if you're in that gap right now, yeah. where you are losing your people consciously, choosing to move away from certain people in your life, and you're sat, Brené Brown calls it brave in the wilderness, right? You're sat, you're in the wilderness. Find your things that you can do on your own that are going to center you, that are going to ground you, that are going to allow you to remember that you do have the power and you are in charge and you aren't reliant on those people that are gone and those people that are in your path, they're going to come. But I think what I see and I did it myself for so long, in so many men, is that they're afraid of sitting in the gap. And so what they'll do is they'll resort back to the people and they feel more alone there. And they bounce between this gap where they're alone and this gap where they're with people that make them feel more alone. And because of that, they never get over here. Yeah. And I'm noticing what you're sharing, which I think is so powerful, is you can be in that gap and you can find practices in that gap that allow you to sit in the aloneness while you find your new path. Yeah, again, here, I, I just want to emphasize that what I'm about is, is calling the lone wolves in, you know, calling the lone wolves back, pack. It's a return to the pack. It's a return to a knowing. It's a return to brotherhood. And so, yes, you're in the gap. You're, you're isolated. Maybe you've cut off uh, some some friends and family for there's many reasons yeah. you know especially right now with all the divisiveness there's so much um, pushing us apart and you know what I would say if if that's somebody's current experience pray for them take your space and pray for them in a real way you know this is this is the way um, this is the way that we can be in reciprocity so that we are not just like abandoned giving up on we're still giving uh, positive energy towards those who may have hurt us, towards those who maybe don't understand us in this current iteration of what we're experiencing, of what we're growing into, of who we're becoming. You know, in order to become who you are, this, just on the real, it's very difficult to do that when you're being seen as the person that you were. So just, just taking this in, you know, if you are someone who has been under your parents' thumb and you know, you've, you've kind of held yourself back. You know, sometimes it takes that leaving of the nest in a good way. You know, it doesn't have to be anything dramatic or the, you don't have to blame anyone on your, on your exit. Mm. This is about claiming, not about blaming. It's about mm. claiming. I need this space. I am on my journey because I know there's more to me. Mm. So we're not blaming those who raised us or those who once were very close with us. We're claiming who we are. Mm. And what I've seen happen and what I, what I, intend to happen in those journeys is, you know, you come back around, you can be around your family from an embodied place. 
you, the, the gap doesn't have, you know, you don't have to cut people off and burn bridges. Yeah. We're, we're out here being bridges, not mm. even building bridges anymore. We are, our being is the bridge. Our expression in these bodies as spirits, uh, you know, in a human body, that's all one thing. Our expression is the bridge to understanding, mm. to compassion, to growth. And that that's bridge. how you span the gap. That's how you span the gap by becoming the bridge, Billy. Becoming the bridge. That's one of the best things I think I've ever heard on this podcast. Becoming the bridge. We are the bridge. And what I want to yes. say to that, that bridge is so easily broken when you don't take ownership. It's mm. not a bridge. So I see that. And that's so much of the work that we do is taking responsibility for the change. How important is that for you? Brother, ownership and self-responsibility are the keys to the game, are the keys to glory. You ha- we have to come into an understanding that we are 100% responsible for the reality that we create at all times. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, claiming, not blaming, not saying it should have been this way. Someone else got the part. Someone else was this, that. It's like, no, I am responsible. I am, I am responsible for what I, how I show up, for what I do, how I react, how I respond. Yeah. It's, it's, it's massively important, yeah. especially as men. We, we, we can't continue. And I mean, like, if you want to look at the greater context of the world that we're living in, even with what's happening with the pandemic, you know, we can't keep looking to uh, governments. We can't keep looking to people to come and save us because the truth is, no one is coming to save us. And so radical self-responsibility, otherwise known as actual self-responsibility, not the self-responsibility when you, you know, when you do something detrimental, you try to hide it and cover it up. The kind of responsibility that when you, when you make a mistake, you also have the tools to make amends, to mm-hmm. apologize, to, to forgive, right? So, so like, to receive an apology, to, to express forgiveness, maybe for someone who's hurt you. These are the, the real tools uh, of relating that we, re- that we have to source from. And I think that takes so much weight off of men. The ability to apologize. I had a conversation with Larry Hagner, the dad edge last week, and we talked about apologizing. I love Larry. He's unbelievable. We had an yeah. incredible conversation. And we talked about that. And I want to bring this conversation up with you here because... So many of us, as men and as young men, we're trying to create an image that we are perfect, right? The, the image of perfection in everybody else's eyes, who we are to ourselves, who we are to our family, our friends, our girlfriends, and to the world. It's an image of, of perfection, right? And when we adopt the ability to go back and apologize, accepting that we are going to make mistakes, I look at that as game changing, game changing, because then you know that you don't have to be perfect. But again, that's so difficult. It's so difficult to go back, swallow your ego, swallow your pride and say, I was wrong. And so many of us as as sons don't have those examples in the people before us, right? Say what you're going to say. You know what I would say here 
is that we choose our hard. You're saying it's difficult to apologize. Well, guess what? It's difficult not to apologize and to go through what that means on the other side. It's difficult to hold in our truth of, of maybe even expressing that someone hurt you to make amends. But it's more difficult. I would, I would propose it's more difficult to stuff it down and yeah. deal with it until it turns into disease. This is literally what happens. We stuff down that emotion long enough, it turns into dis-ease within our bodies. And so, uh, you know, there, I want to, I want to clear, I want to say this really clearly um, about apologies. It's not about the words. It's definitely not about the words. It's about the action. It's about the intention. And so I am not encouraging men to go around apologizing. I am encouraging men to go around showing up in their authenticity and like meeting whatever needs to be met. So let's say, um, I'll just, I'll just use a basic example. You're in a fight with your girl. Yeah. You know, you're in the wrong and you do brothers, you know, when you're in the wrong and you're just trying to be right, you know, like, you know, you're in that space (laughs) instead of like, groveling, trying like half-assed apology, like do the action that, you know, your partner's asking for. Whatever it is, whatever it looks like, and you know what it is. You, you, we actually know. That's the, that's the other thing is people like to put on this, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. It's like, no, if you, if you know your partner, you know how you can show up for them. You know what they're asking you to do. And so do that. And so it's in the action. It's not in the words. Mm-hmm. If you feel compelled, if you feel the the real grief of sadness or sorrow, meet it with action, meet it with embodied action, right? And so you hurt someone, you apologize with your words, but then you show up with action. You help them. You, you know what I'm saying? You, you, yeah. you, you, you show up in a way um, that can uh, actually promote healing to the situation, <laughs> not just with words. It's funny with everything that we're talking about, all of these concepts what came to me in this moment is all we're really trying to avoid by lying, by not going and apologizing is the discomfort and the pain. Yeah. The discomfort and the pain. And someone showed it to me recently and it was fascinating to me is we don't do things in the moment because of the size of the pain that comes with that in the moment. Right. But what we don't take into account is the long-term gradual pain that far outweighs this temporary pain. And it was showed to me once on a physical piece of paper. It was like, this is the pain you're going to experience by choosing honesty, integrity, and authenticity and leaning into the discomfort in the moment. And here's the pain that you're going to experience over the course of time by choosing to lie, by choosing not to be honest, by choosing to hide. And that for me shifted everything in how I show up. Yeah. Because inherently we're selfish. We're selfish beings, right? Inherently. And so we are doing what we can to feel the best we can in all moments. And when you look at that, you're essentially killing yourself by choosing not to own up to all of you in every single moment. And so what I want to propose to you is what shifted in you for you to be able to see the differentiators in those moments and now to be able to show up in all facets of your life so authentically. 
Yeah, I, I want to say here that the the most meaningful way. Oh, let me see. Yeah, the it, like the the quickest and most meaningful way out is through. And so I have a teacher, Hawk Moon, who uh, is Lakota, and we sit in a ceremony called a Nipi together sweat lodge. And he says that the the buffalo face the harsh north winds of storms coming through because they knew going through the storm, meeting the storm and going through it was actually the quickest way through. If you don't meet it, the storm will, will overtake you. You know what I'm saying? So like meeting it and going through it and like you're saying, it's actually acknowledging it, seeing it, and then pushing through the fear because that's, that's actually how we get through these things. Hmm. How did I do that? Failure, trial, error, um, you know, attaching my, or I would say like this, like finding aspects of my soul's purpose, whether that was playing in a band and, you know, having goals and having dreams and uh, me- meeting some of them and failing miserably at others, right? Yeah. It's like, this is how you build resilience over time. You have to fucking try. You have to really put your heart on the line. You have to give it, you have to give it the attention and the, 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 the force that it, that it really takes to accomplish whatever it is you want to accomplish, right? Um, so what is my biggest failure? What is the one that taught me the most? I was married in 2014. I was in a relationship um, that, that conspired in having a child very quickly. I'll say it like that. So my son Noah, you know, he's he's my heart, man. He's he's my heart. But you know, he came through very quickly, and so I immediately putting on that role of perfection because I I had that too. I'm going to do the right thing. We're going to get married. I'm going to make this perfect. You know, like we're just going to do this. Only to find out, like, hey, like I'm not actually. This isn't actually this relationship isn't serving either one of us. We're not actually getting along here. Like things, things aren't right. And having to acknowledge that wanting to appear like perfect. Right. But then having to acknowledge uh, to the person closest to me that it wasn't going to work. It's one of the hardest conversations I've ever had to have truly because what it resulted in um, was me spending half of the time with my son. Right. That was that was a big shift for me, and that was that was a um, what's the word? That was the result of like leaning into my truth. Like this isn't this is not working. Okay. However, what would it have looked like if I didn't acknowledge it and I stayed and I suppressed? And it results in fighting and screaming. And then it becomes violent. And then it becomes something else. And then, and then what happens from there? You know, like I, that, that's a, if, if there's, if there was like a choice point in my story of it could have gone this way or this way, I chose to be honest, even though it fucking hurt, man. It hurts so bad. And, and it still does to this day. There's a part of my hurt that still has pain over that. But guess what I guess what I have now in this moment? I have a beautiful seven-year-old son 
have a very healthy co-parenting relationship. I have two other children in my current uh, partnership with my beloved Hannah. We have a, a beautiful family unit that is, you know, we're doing our best. I'll just say it like that. It's not perfect. I, I don't it. need to paint a perfect picture of it. But you know what we have? We have peace. We have openness and honesty. We sh- we we can have conversations about about anything really, but like what what it means most have conversations about how we're raising our son mm. together in this new way. Mm. And a lot of my brothers, they don't get that. Yeah. You know, because they've gone to the point where they've pushed so far past and caused so much damage and harm that now there's courts in the way of them seeing their children. Now, you know, like these type of things that are happening. So I'm here like utilizing the depth of my own pain from that quote unquote failure, Mm -hmm. right? To be a catalyst, to be a driving force uh, for me to love fully, for me to be fully honest in every moment, for me to be fully honest with myself when shit, things, things don't feel well. Okay, what do I need to do? What are the things that, you know, I have my toolbox. I know the things that spark me. Do I need to call one of my brothers? You know, we have to make that shift knowing that the quickest way through um, is, is in that revelation of honesty. That was so powerful. So powerful. And thank you for sharing. And what you just described there is the prime example of the benefits versus the cost of being honest versus dishonest. Yeah. And, you know, from my perspective, what I see, I relate heavily to to one of my, my first ever relationship in which I knew it was not working yet. I stayed. Yeah. Yet I stayed out of fear of being honest and I've owned it enough times live now to, to say it. But what that resulted in for me was, and I didn't think I was addicted to alcohol in any way because I wouldn't drink a lot, but someone described addiction to me as anytime the thing has more control over you than you have over it. And I look back now and I, I had that with alcohol. I had that with porn yeah. and I ended up cheating on my girlfriend because my inability to own the fact that it wasn't working in the moment and be honest yeah, and be honest. <clears throat> and it led to two years of me hiding, hurting the, the, the beautiful girl I was with at the time and killing so much of what could have been a difficult few months, but a beautiful transition on the other side. Yeah, and you know, the the reality here is that we have to go through these experiences to learn, right? And and the the script flipped is once you learn the lesson, are you gonna repeat that behavior? Are you are you going to become the cheater? Do you identify as someone who cheats, who cheats themselves? Do you identify as a liar? Or do you identify with someone who is honest in a compassionate way, knowing, knowing that it hurts? And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to like be here in like breakup land for too long, but listen, the reality is uh, 99% of relationships end. People don't tell you this, but it's true. And I'm talking about relationships with teachers, relationships with friends, uh, loving partnerships, yet we're sold this narrative of true love lasting forever. Mm. All want to strive for this perfection that we've been taught when the reality is what we really need to learn 
is how to compassionately and consciously uncouple or to like, how do we stand in our truth, you know, knowing that there is hurt on both sides Mm -hmm. and and choose honesty over um, being a liar. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's important because in my heart, I know because I have, you know, listen, there's a, there's a certain level of awareness you have that we can come to where we know the things that we experience, other people also experience them, Mm -hmm. experience them. And there's a place that we can get to uh, where we, we know in our hearts that all men want to live in honesty, want to be like the vision of who they truly are. But it's those things that get in the way that they allow to detract or put them on a different path. And there's a way back. There's a way back. There's a way to change that story. And it's through honesty. It's through honesty. It's, it's kind of like my number one standard in life. If you were going to make a list of standards, honesty is number one. It'll save you so much pain, so much hurt. You'll grow so much fat. And it's not about fast or like how much, you know, it's not about measurement. Um, but the more honest that we can become, like that's, this is, this is the, the method for expansion and growth. And I suppose to circle it all back, that honesty starts with self. 100%. That honesty starts with self. The uncoupling starts with uncoupling with ourselves, breaking up with ourselves, breaking up with the (laughs) versions of ourselves that we've come to know. Breaking up with the vision that we had of the relationship. Because that's the the hardest thing to let go of, is this vision that that two have created and that we, we both signed up for, truly. And, and then having the understanding like, damn, it's not it. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, um, it's better to be an honest man um, who understands his shadow hmm. than to be a liar who hides it. Wow. Straight up. Wow. The shadow is not, not to be, you know, cut off or... Uh, you know, suppressed or left behind. The shadow is to be integrated. Mm. You know, we, we, we take our time to learn about the darkness that we have, to learn about the monster that we can be, you know, in the Jordan Peterson type of way. Mm. Yeah, there's truth to that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. every man does have a monster within. Yeah. Wow. Every man does have two wolves and, wow. and that choice is always present. Which wolf do you feed? Mm. One makes you strong. One makes you weak you choose. And we, and, and the, the reality is we have to make that choice every single day. And this is the, this is the, this is the plight of being a human. You know, there's, we never are going to arrive to a place where everything's gravy, where it's all, you know, this isn't about utopia at all. You know, it's about making that choice every <laughs> single day. You just gave the most powerful introduction to my movement that I think anyone could. And I'm going to show you something now that I have on my wrist it says you choose. Oh, right yes. there. And I my movement that. is actually in a rebrand. That. We're in a rebrand right now and it's the You Choose movement. And that clip is going to go somewhere on that site because you just gave the most powerful introduction to You Choose. Bro, I, I support your movement. I support the, the intention behind You Choose and as Sacred Sons with my brother, Kevin Walton. We have a saying, which is I decide. I decide. I decide who I'm going to be today. 
I decide how I'm going to show up. I decide, you know, that I am going to be an honest man. And I, and I love that, you know, like for these young brothers, get it, get it in, you know, get it into your mind and your heart right now. You choose, you decide, you decide the man you're going to be and just understand, have that understanding. You got to decide every single fucking day, bro. Cause it. <laughs> it keeps on it. going. This life keeps going, doesn't it? It's an endless choice, right? It's yeah. an endless daily commitment to choosing you. I love that you have that tattooed on your wrist for yourself for your own mantra. Because that, you know, what that shows to me is that you actually believe in this movement, in this work, in the the people who you are inspiring through your podcast and your things. Um, and that level of commitment is 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 like ultimately dedication to purpose. You know, I love I love to see it. I love to see it tattooed i love to see it blasted you know <laughs> thank you this 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 thing we called sacred sons i know bing, bing, bing. i love it i love it <laughs> that name is so powerful as well i was fascinated by that so simple yet so powerful i was fascinated by that from the moment i came across it sacred sons what does that mean i was thinking how much time did it go into them thinking about what does it mean to be a sacred son and be welcomed into this environment and fascinates me yeah, that name actually came through uh, a plant medicine ceremony that I sat in. Really? Yeah. If you're in, if I, I can tell you this in a very short way, you know, I would the love you too. Sacred Sons came together. There's three co-founders: myself, Albert Bastia, and Jay Kenzie. Uh, and we also have a founding partner, Nishinson, came on shortly after. And you know, we were like, let's do a sacred masculine retreat. Let's do a sacred masculine weekend. And as we were developing it, this word sacred, sacred, sacred kept coming. And I went and I sat in this medicine ceremony for many reasons. But, you know, one of the things that was going on with me is I was, I was kind of like having this reluctance. Like, who am I to, to lead men? Who am I to, you know, to propose that I know anything? Who am I to do this? And the messaging that I got back was like, who are you not to do this? You have everything you need. Like you are a sacred son. And, and listen, whether you're, um, whether you're a brother, a husband, a father, an uncle, we are all sacred sons. We are all born of the feminine. Our existence here is sacred. And I think men don't hear this enough. Men, you are sacred. Your energy, what you have to offer this world, this planet, what you have to offer people is sacred. And until you start seeing it that way, it may be hard to access, but that's the invitation. Can you see your role in this life, your gifts, your purpose, you know, your jokes, your laughter, uh, your pain? Can you see it as sacred? Can you embody it in that way? And can you, and you then see that in all of your brothers? And I've been in this, doing this work for so long that I, I do, I see it everywhere I go. Like I honor my brothers. Just, just you know, I see, I see brothers on the street and I can, it's like, we don't have to have a men's circle. We don't have to say anything. It can just be a look, like an acknowledgement. Like you're my sacred brother, period. Mm. And you didn't have to do anything. Mm. You know what I mean? And in that there's a flip. In that there's a flip because we so often give Big each flip. other the eye and the eye is a fuck you. <laughs> 
The I is a fuck you. It's not I see you. Nah, mine is like love you. Love mm. you, bro. I'm, I'm exuding this uh, in most places I go. Love Truly. you, bro. I love that. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. I love that. There's room for it. Um, you know, I just did a podcast with someone we were talking about mythology and, you know, brotherhood is a part of all of the, the great myths, whether you're talking about Jesus and the disciples, whether you're talking about the Knights of the Round Table, you know, men are put on this planet to, to accomplish, to have, to set goals, the, the, the cycle of setting a goal and accomplishing it over and over really fuels our soul. And there becomes a point where you get so filled up that your cup is so full that you have to, you have to give your brother a sip. You gotta, you gotta let your brothers know, Hey man, I see you. I see see you. You You know what I mean? Like this is important. It's important that, that as men, we see each other. Absolutely. Beautiful. So there's so many things that we could discuss, so many ways that we could go, but what we're going to do, we're going to answer questions now from some of the guys within the, within the community. And how I'm going to structure it is I'm going to read all five questions out first and then we'll take them one at a time and then we'll close it out from there. Cool. Whatever comes to your heart. All right. First and foremost is Brian. Are these, like, how, are these short answers? Sorry about that. Yeah. As short or as lengthy as you want. I would say don't make it longer than a minute, but however you want gotcha. to take it is up to you. All right. Perfect. So Brian, 23 is from Southern California. You said, I've been trying different things for the past five years. I didn't go to college. And now all of my friends are out of college getting jobs and I'm still here trying to figure it out. I'm scared to admit to everyone that I just feel lost and confused. And because of that, I don't feel like I have anyone to turn to. What should I do? That's the first one. I'm going to read the other four. Two of these are anonymous. This first one here is anonymous. I feel like I'm making so much progress in my personal journey. And then one day shit hits the fan and everything's falling apart. What am I supposed to make of these days? Next one is Austin. He's 18. He's from Southern California. Just a simple one. He said, how do I meditate? I'm not good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Then we have Jackson from North Carolina. He's 22. He said, people keep telling me to trust myself, but I don't know what that means. I need help understanding how. That is a good question. And then the last one's anonymous again. No one gets, this is just a, I think it's a a little bit of a rant, a release. No one gets me. My friends are not my friends. I don't know if I want to be with my girlfriend. My family think I want what they want, but I'm scared to tell them I don't. I'm stuck. I need new people in my life. I don't know with my girlfriend and I don't want to upset my parents. Just some advice would help. Thanks. All right. So we're going to take the first one from Brian. I think all five of these guys should get together and start a men's circle. (laughs) (laughs) This is the answer. These five guys need to sit down in a room or on Zoom and start sharing. It's that easy. To hear the full answer to that question, as well as all the other answers to the questions I asked our guest today, head over to billygartonjr.com. Scroll down to the section that reads, are you looking for a place to figure it all out? Click on the button that reads count me in, fill out the information, and a member of my team will be sure to reach out to get you involved in the You Choose Brotherhood. Boy, will this brotherhood change your life. Community and connection meets courageous conversation. Monthly mastermind calls, bi-monthly brotherhood check-ins, mini courses, and answers to some of your life's greatest questions. We have it all in here. Head over to billygartonjr.com. Scroll down to the section that reads, are you looking for a place to figure it all out? 
Click on the button that reads count me in, fill out the information, and a member of my team will be sure to reach out. Super excited to see you there. Adam, what a pleasure. What an incredible conversation. And before we close this out, I know we spoke in depth a little bit about Sacred Sons. I would love you to speak into my audience. What do you guys have coming up? What do you have coming up? And, and what would you like to, to share? Beautiful. Thank you for that question, Billy. <clears throat> you know, we've put a lot of effort and organization behind Sacred Sons to bring this medicine of masculine alchemy uh, to as many places on the globe that we can. And I'm happy that I'm happy to to express to you that in 2022 we are we're reaching regions all around the globe. Coming up next, we have the Embodied Masculine Experience, the EMX in San Diego, California. That's March 17th through 20th. After that, we have Maui Prime. Maui Prime is like a smaller 15-man uh, experience on the beautiful lands of Haleakua, Maui, led by our brother Kale Kahi. And so Maui Prime is really, it's deepening into the men's work, um, but also the cultural practices, songs, wisdom that the islands have to share with us. After that, we have EMX coming to Utah. So this is our first event in Utah, the EMX again, Embodied Masculine Experience. This is like the, this is the initiatory weekend. And this is the weekend I want to invite you to in San Diego, Billy. Beautiful. You know, this is the 40 men coming together in circle to do some of this, some of these rituals together, to do some of this deep uh, healing work together, you know, to ask the hard questions, to find some of these answers. We'll be in Utah, April 28th through May 1st. Then we're gonna then we're gonna be in Atlanta, Georgia, May 19th through 20th. Uh, sorry. <clears throat> then we're gonna be in Atlanta, May 19th through May 22nd. That EMX is led by my brother Kareem Manuel. After that, May 26th through 29th, EMX Oregon. So we're in the Pacific Northwest. And then after that, the summer, we're going to Europe. We've got an wow. EMX in Scotland. We've got an EMX in Germany and many immersions. So we are we are putting a lot of energy to quite literally bring the masculine alchemy uh, to as much as the brothers like where they live and what what is happening as a result of it. You know, we used to have this model like, hey, come to California and you could come to an event and you go back home. Now it's like we're bringing the work to these brothers where they live because brotherhood is the medicine and it's it's not about like coming to an experience and then you never see us again. Yeah. It's like, no, this is a city where you live. Connect with these other like-minded, like-hearted brothers in your area hmm. and go deep. You know, if you're trying to find your tribe, this is a great way. Okay. So many brothers connect through our network. We also have a, our own Sacred Sons app, you know, so you can get on the app and have daily online councils and courses. We have physical uh, workshops. We have uh, councils for all kinds of things. Oh, Father's council, relational councils. There's even a, a council for the GBTQ community mm. on our app. So download the Sacred Sons app. I love it. And uh, yeah, man, we're coming. We're coming. We are like, coming. we're coming with this Sacred Sons flag with this banner, you know, and really bringing it around the world. And in the response that we're getting, not from the brothers, but from the women, you know what I mean? The response that we're getting is like, yes, yes, this work is needed. More unity in the face of all this adversity and divisiveness, you know, around things that don't add to our human experience. This is an opportunity uh, to stand unified, to stand unified in love. Wow. Let's go. Let's I go. I love it. Let's go. And final thing before, for anybody who's looking at signing up for one of these, where can they go? I know you said download the app. 
Oh yeah, yeah, sacredsons.com. Sacredsons.com. Yeah. Check us out on sacredsons.com. That's the website. On Instagram, it's Sacred Sons. Facebook is the same. Uh, please also check out the Sacred Sons podcast if you would like to hear more from me. I've had guests on like Charles Eisenstein, Aubrey Marcus, mm-hmm. you know, Preston Smiles, yeah. all kinds of amazing guests uh, to, to talk about these similar things and to, you know, to really uh, give some guidance. You know, I want to just wrap and say that ultimately what we've created in Sacred Sons is something that we wanted, that we desired, that we needed. Mm. I said earlier, what you're seeking is seeking you. Mm. So there was something that. missing and we created it. And so now it's here and now we're here. Mm. So use us, come through, you know, join the brotherhood. It's as simple as. I love it. I love it. Adam, thank you so much again. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being the man that you are. Thank you for doing the work for everybody listening and for all the men that you have done it for. To everybody else, you know where to find me, Billy Garton Jr. on all platforms. Again, I said it last week, I'm not going to name the podcast yet as we are in a rebrand. I think you see it tattooed on my wrist if you know, but I'll leave it at that for now. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you listened deeply and I hope you found yourself in the story of a man who's lived the experience, a man who's experienced the experience and a man who is now guiding you through the experience. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you soon.